Welcome to the Genealogy Gems Podcast, providing quick and innovative ways to make the absolute most out of your research time and creative ideas for sharing and displaying your family history. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. Hello and welcome to Genealogy Gems Podcast episode number 86. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're having good success on your family history research. Now, as we talked about in our last episode, there's been a lot of talk lately about the TV show, Who Do You Think You Are, here in the U.S. that's uh, showing on NBC. Well, there's another TV show out there that explores family history, but their subjects aren't celebrities. They're folks like you and me uh, who are looking to know more about their family history and who feel that uh, learning about that family history may indeed help them understand their own life in new ways. The show is called The Generations Project, and on today's episode, you will hear all about it from the show's executive producer, Kendall Wilcox. We uh, hopefully help them uh, think about the bigger questions regarding family history and genealogy, which is more related to a sense of identity. Who, who are you? Why, why do you exist in this world? And what answers can you find to those questions from your knowledge that you're gaining about your ancestors and your family history, uh, where you come from, uh, hopefully can inform where, where you're going uh, and how you live your life. And as you know, there are similarities between the Generations Project and Who Do You Think You Are? But one of the big differences is that the Generations Project doesn't profile celebrities, but rather, again, traces the family history of everyday folks. And Kendall will tell us about how it's been working with subjects who don't have experience in front of the camera. Oh, um, again, a wonderful challenge. But yeah, you're absolutely right. We've had to do, we try to do as much preparation for the individual as possible to let them know sort of what they're walking into in terms of the journey itself, but then particularly having cameras, because ultimately it is their journey, but it's our TV show. He'll also explain how you can apply to be considered for the show. And so they can fill out this application where it asks questions about who they are, what their background is like, and some of these specific questions about why would you want to go on this journey, what difference would it make. So that interview is coming up here shortly, but first, let's cover a bit of genealogical news. Now, first and foremost, I want to give a big thank you shout out to the Jackson County chapter of the Ohio Genealogical Society in Jackson, Ohio. You can find them online at jacksoncountyohiogen.com. They are sharing genealogy gems with their members as a free online resource, and they had a great idea. They posted the Intro to Genealogy Gems video that I put together. They posted that on their website, on their homepage, to get their members started with genealogy gems. I mean, why not? Chances are, if you belong to a genealogy society, you are seeing new folks showing up that are interested in learning more about family history, you know, after watching these shows on TV. And Genealogy Gems could be your go-to resource to provide to them for free. 
Uh, now, the Family History Genealogy Made Easy series is, of course, perfect for those people who are new to genealogy. And, of course, this free podcast, uh, Genealogy Gems, would be of interest to anybody looking to join a society. And, of course, there's also the free videos that I do. And, of course, that one short intro video that Jackson County Chapter posted on their homepage explains all of that, all of those free resources that could be available to your um, members. So again, a big thank you to the Jackson County Chapter of the Ohio Genealogical Society at jacksoncountyohiogen.com for sharing genealogy gems with your website visitors and members. And if you're interested in posting that intro video to um, provide it as a resource on your genealogy site, it's really easy to do. I'm going to have a link for you in the show notes that takes you to the webpage at my YouTube channel for that particular video. And I'll put a few really easy to follow instructions on how to copy the code, the embed code that they have there on the website. You can give that to your webmaster and they can just paste it right onto the page and The entire video in the player will pop up and be there on your webpage for all your visitors. Next, I wanted to give you an update on footnote.com. I want to let you know that they have decided to extend their interactive census collection free to the public through the end of April 2010. Since opening the collection a few weeks ago, they received a very positive response to it, so they decided to uh, keep it open through April 30th of 2010. So that is really good news. And they've also added some new content um, recently to the website. They've either added additional content or have put on new content altogether. Some of the areas that they have done are the naturalization records, Ohio, New York, Pennsylvania. They've got some city directories for Des Moines and Indianapolis. Civil War Union soldier service records for Nebraska, Arkansas, and colored troops. Homestead records for Nebraska. Texas death certificates, now over 3 million images, and final payment vouchers index for military pensions, 1818 to 1864, a very unique collection. And finally, they've also enhanced their image viewer. They've updated the viewer to feature better functionality and better browsing capabilities. So I will have a link for you in the show notes to the footnote website to get you to all that good stuff. And of course, when you use those links, you are supporting this free podcast at the same time. So I thank you very much for that. Now, in other news, on February 20th of 2010, Family History Expos experienced a really hard blow to their website. It was destroyed by a fire suppression accident in the data center that housed their servers. Gosh, this is such a great reminder that all of us have to have our backups both in our homes, off-site. Um, it's, it's really a tragedy when something like this happens, but they have bounced right back and they want to make sure that you are invited to visit the new website that they've got up and running. They lost the old one, the databases, everything. So if you were previously receiving their e-newsletter, you're going to want to head back to fhexpos.com and uh, check out their new beautiful website that's in progress and sign up for the e-news and tips. With that newsletter, you're not only going to get some uh, great genealogy research tips and that kind of stuff, but you're also going to hear about their upcoming expos. Um, I just attended the ones in Mesa in January of 2010 and, of course, St. George in February, and there are more coming down the road here in 2010. They're actually expanding quite a bit and heading as far east now as Atlanta, Georgia. 
that is good news. They've been primarily on the West Coast, and they're going to be hitting Kansas City this year as well as Atlanta. And they're coming to my neck of the woods, which is Pleasanton, California, and I will definitely be at that expo. So, uh, again, if you want to keep up to date on the upcoming expos, see if there's one coming near you, uh, or get their great e-news tips newsletter, head over to fhexpos.com and make sure that you get signed back up with them so that you'll hear all about it. And, of course, the big news around here is the release of the brand new Google Earth for Genealogy DVD. Yes, we're very excited about this. Um, I actually announced the pre-order launch a couple of days ago, earlier this week, and we were anticipating that the shipping was going to start on April 12th of 2010, but ah, we got the shipment from the publisher yesterday. So we have them. They're ready to ship. If you have already pre-ordered your Google Earth for Genealogy DVD, it is in the mail, and those are being shipped as we speak. And if you want to get your copy of it, it's, it's wonderful because you've got it right there on a DVD that you can play on your PC. Now, this one is PC only. The reason it's kind of complicated, but <laughs> it is really challenging to get the quality of video for screen capturing Google Earth, which is the program that we're using in this DVD series, and getting it the same quality for both Mac and PC. So at this point, this DVD is PC compatible only. You just need a DVD drive on your PC. Uh, if you're a Mac user, stay tuned because we are working feverishly on coming up with a Mac version of the DVD. But in the meantime, if you're interested in these seven videos that show you the amazing power of Google Earth, you can watch them online as part of premium membership. So you could become a premium member and certainly see these online. But it's awful convenient to have them on the DVD. Uh, you can take them with you and not have to stream them off the internet, but watch them right there from your PC. And the, the DVD is also kind of unique in that I'm going to have links there in the menu, right there on the menu of the DVD, to the websites that we're using in these various um, videos. So you don't even have to leave the video. You just go back to the menu, click the website, launch it, and you can work right alongside with me as we do some pretty cool things with Google Earth. We're going to be plotting your ancestors' homesteads in a really unique, very exacting way, uh, creating historical map overlays. You could create your entire, your own collection of historic maps. If you've dabbled with Google Earth, you know that the David Rumsey maps are on there, but oh, you can take it so much farther than just that. You are not limited by the map collection that they provide there, which is actually just a fraction of David Rumsey's entire collection. So anyway, lots and lots of great stuff on there. And um, I encourage you to check it out. I've set up a webpage just for it. It's called googleforgenealogy.com. Go to googleforgenealogy.com and it will take you to the page where you can watch a video that gives you a sneak preview of everything that's on the video series. And you can order right there from the page and we will ship it out to you. It's ready to go. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, it's been a lot of fun put together. And uh, as the website name kind of alludes to, there are more coming. Google for Genealogy is a new kind of product line series that we're working on. And um, I think that you will 
be very interested in seeing some of the videos coming down the road here over 2010 and into 2011 that really take Google into a whole other dimension for genealogy research. So stay tuned, keep an eye, bookmark that Google for Genealogy address, and you will be hearing more about it, of course, also in the newsletter. Well, that's it for the news from here. So let's head over to the mailbox. Well, here in the mailbox, got a quick note from Kevin Ryan from, I think it's his iPhone. Uh, he says that he started a new blog, a family history blog, wanted me to take a look at it. It says, you're a big help. Well, thank you, Kevin. I'm, I'm happy to be so. Love seeing genealogists um, get their family history out there on blogs. And I will have a link to Kevin Ryan's new family history blog, so you can check it out and see what other people are doing. His blog address is Ryan's, which is R-Y-A-N-S. O-F-C-I-N, of Sin, I guess, <laughs> uh, maybe Cincinnati, I don't know, uh, .blogspot.com. And interesting, when you take a look at it first, he's got some great family photos there on the blog, love those. And his first post, he says, when I first started to do my family genealogy, it was for my son Patrick, so when he got older, he would know where he came from. But I think it's more for me now. <laughs> Very well said. I think that happens to a lot of us, doesn't it? And Bernadette Farrell-Olden also wrote in, says that she has started up a family history blog. Um, she says, I started a blog today after listening to one of your podcasts. Check it out. I hope I can keep up with it. Oh, don't worry. You can do whatever schedule you want. Hers is called All in the Family. And the address is Nona Bunny. Hmm, I'm guessing Bernadette might be a grandma. Uh, Nona Bunny dash allinthefamily.blogspot.com. She says, I've been doing genealogy research on my own for many years using Ancestry.com for almost all of it. Recently, I discovered the vast network of people who share my love of family histories, and I began connecting with many of them. Well, that is great. I think you're going to have some, some more success connecting with more people now that you're getting it out there on the blog where it can be found. And I have an email here from Diane Freeman about archival storage. This is a follow-up to um, an interview, a brief interview answer that we got from Sally Jacobs on the question of working with newspaper clippings. Remember that? She says, I'd like to make a suggestion regarding archival storage of obituaries and other paper documents that I found useful but never heard mentioned associated with genealogy. I use stamp mounts to store clippings in notebooks. They're made to hold postage stamps and covers in albums, which, like newspaper clippings, are subject to damage by the environment and handling. Cover or souvenir sheet sizes would work best for clippings. I like ShowGuard, but there are other brands. And she gives us a link to the page on the ShowGuard mounts website for the mounts that she's talking about. So I will have those in the show notes for you. Another great solution. I love when you guys... um send those in because we can all benefit from them. Thanks, Diane. And I heard from Richard Yale. I met Richard, I think it was at the Family History Expo in Reading. He lives here in California. And um, he wrote in, he says, the Genealogy Gems premium membership is the first that I have actually paid for. And uh, he says, I decided that I wasn't getting enough of a Lisa fix. (laughs) 
Well, Richard, I am so glad that you have joined us. It's it's a wonderful kind of a community that we have with the premium members. And um, thank you so much. I will take that as a great compliment. I know you listen to other podcasts and, and lots of different subjects that you're interested in. And I appreciate the fact that you have decided to become a premium member. I, I hope you enjoy it. Richard also mentioned that he has started up a blog. He says, I didn't have one and I never expected to, but life changes and I have just created one. The problem is that I'm looking for information from La Plata, Argentina, near Buenos Aires, in anticipation of a visit in early 2011. Maybe you can help. With some luck, you may have some South American listeners. The blog is at Yale Genealogy. Y-E-H-L-E, genealogy.blogspot.com, and it's brand new. So I will have a link for you. I know we have some listeners in South America, and also some of you who may be familiar with that area, La Plata, Argentina, uh, near Buenos Aires. I know Richard would love to hear from you, so click on the link, head over to his blog, and uh, perhaps you guys can make a connection. That's what we love to do here is bring that community together. And I also heard from uh, John W. Oliver over in the UK. Uh, He says, thank you for firing my interest in family history. I've always had an interest in genealogy, but the task is daunting. About a decade ago, I gained access to my grandmother's genealogical research when she passed. There's over three inches of paperwork, some of the names dating back to the 17th century. So the task of going through the paperwork has always been a bit daunting. But I've now started to enter the information into a genealogical database. I figure once I have everything entered and know what I have, I'll start making some inroads on my own. I first heard you over on Jim Mowat's History Zine podcast when he announced his pursuit in genealogy and had you um, as a guest. I enjoyed hearing him talk about his interest of bringing his personal history into the scope of world events. I also appreciate the enthusiasm with which you talked about the subject, so I sought out your podcast and started listening to them. The internet has come a long way since I last tackled the subject about 15 years ago, and both of your podcasts are valuable resources. I'm already playing with the resources I'm learning about, so I can bring them to bear once I finish my data entry. So once again, thank you. I'm looking forward to listening to more of your archives and making my way up to the present day. Well, thank you, John, so much for your email. I'm so glad that you're enjoying the podcast, that you found it. I love Jim Mowat's History Zine podcast. Uh, It's a great show, and I certainly welcome his listeners. That's terrific. And you're really, gosh, you're quite fortunate to have inherited your grandmother's research. How wonderful. I mean, it's exciting to think about what you'll be able to add to it now with all of those online resources that, gosh, weren't available when she was back doing it. So thanks again for listening, and and do stay in touch and let us know the progress. Sounds like you've got lots to work with. And speaking of genealogy databases, John is certainly taking the right approach to getting that amazing wealth of information from his grandmother. You know, the the best way to get started is as tempting as it is to, you know, start rifling through the papers and doing quick searches online is get it all into a database. That kind of investment in organization up front is going to just pay dividends as you get further down the road. And of course, the one that we recommend here on the podcast is Roots Magic. Roots Magic is a wonderful sponsor of this podcast. 
they help make this free show available. And it is a fantastic program. Roots Magic 4, of course, is the most current. It's really a complete rewrite on past versions of Roots Magic. And what I love about it is that, particularly in a situation like John has, where you've got this daunting task of you have a ton of data to enter at once, the user interface for Roots Magic is so user-friendly. <laughs> That's good news when you have a job ahead of you uh, the way John does, because it makes it a pleasure to, to put that information in there, get a chance to look at it as you're working with it and getting into the database. But the database isn't working against you. You know, it's not making you work twice as hard trying to figure out where things go. It's very intuitive and um, very easy to retrieve that information once you've entered it into the database. Believe me, that investment of time just pays off over and over again. And of course, one of the most important things to be doing as you're entering that data into Roots Magic is including that source information anytime, even if the only source that John has for the entire, all the data entry is grandma's research. <laughs> That's okay. You put that in as your source, and then later he's going to be able to go back and do follow-up research to reconfirm the data that's in Roots Magic and find additional primary sources that he can then go back in and very easily add to the database and so that it becomes a really solid piece of research. If you have this kind of a challenge ahead of you to start from scratch or whether you're currently using a program that just seems like it's a bit out of date and things do change rapidly, I encourage you, check out Roots Magic. Go to rootsmagic.com. There you can get the Roots Magic 4, the most current version. Or if you want to do a little test drive, download the free Roots Magic Essentials. It's a wonderful way to kind of uh, get your toes wet, um, check it out, try it out, and believe me, you're going to love it. And then you can get the full version of Roots Magic 4. And be sure and let them know that you heard about Roots Magic on the Genealogy Gems podcast. That's rootsmagic.com. All right, well, coming up next, we are going to be talking with Kendall Wilcox, executive producer of The Generations Project. Well, I'm very excited to have Kendall Wilcox here on the podcast today. He's been a producer for BYU Television for over a decade and has produced a variety of television programs and specializes in documentary programming. His career and experience has taken him to film in over 30 different countries, and Kendall has received two regional Emmy Awards and has been nominated for over a dozen others. Along with being a producer, Kendall is also an adjunct professor at Brigham Young University, where he teaches documentary production. But of course, he is best known currently for his work as executive producer of The Generations Project. Here's my conversation with Kendall Wilcox. Well, hi, Kendall. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Start off by giving our listeners an overview of the Generations Project. The Generations Project is a reality TV show broadcast on BYU TV. Um, and the show itself really is we're trying to uh, generate a, an actual project, an ongoing project uh, that, that also connotes a sense of community with our viewers 
and even non-viewers about helping people connect across generations. Um, and of course, on the show itself, we we select uh, 13 people each season to uh, participate in the project and and help or allow us help them to uh, connect to a particular ancestor or an entire generation of a family or several generations. And we do uh, we do all the research for them, <clears throat> and then from our research process, we construct. A, a sort of simulated research pro- process for them uh, that turns into a, a amazing journey of a lifetime. We hope where they go to the libraries where the information is found, or go to um, uh, you know a living farm or whatever it might be, some sort of a experience that will allow them to literally walk, sometimes literally walk in the shoes of their ancestors. Along that process, we uh, hopefully help them uh, think about the bigger questions regarding family history and genealogy, which is more related to a sense of identity. Who, who are you? Why, why do you exist in this world? And what answers can you find to those questions from your knowledge that you're gaining about your ancestors and your family history, uh, where you come from, uh, hopefully can inform where, where you're going uh, and how you live your life. Uh, in a nutshell, that is the Generations Project. Wow, quite an undertaking. Now, I know that you've been at BYU Television for over 10 years now as a producer. How and when did that idea for the Generations Project come up? How'd that come about? Well, uh, we, um, previous to to this, about a a little over a decade ago, um, one of our channels here at BYU Broadcasting is KBYU TV, which is a local PBS affiliate. And uh, through that uh, PBS affiliate, we produced uh, a TV series called Ancestors, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, was more focused on best practices of genealogical work, uh, where we invited um, experts uh, to come come into our studios and discuss it. And that aired on uh, the PBS system uh, pre- rather successfully. Um, it got the biggest co- uh, carried by any uh, any show. Uh, uh, over PBS system uh, to that date. And we the reason we uh, produced it in the first place and the reason that we've now followed up with Generations Project is because of our uh, unique placement as BYU, which has a, an enormous family history program and a family history library, as well as our affiliation with the family history library in Salt Lake City and also uh, the the website FamilySearch. So we're just in it. We, we know that we're in a unique position to call on uh, the expertise of our community uh, to help us produce a show like this. And so, uh, like I say, about a decade on from Ancestors and it airing on PBS, along came our new channel, this BYU TV, which is a satellite channel that's available all across the United States and on uh, about 600 cable uh, carriers. And we knew we needed to follow up to Ancestors in some way. Uh, but we wanted to update it. We wanted to give it a, more of a feel of immediacy for the viewers so that they could really witness, um, in a sense, what's at the heart of, of why we do family history uh, research and genealogical research. Uh, it's, it's about the thrill of the, the hunt and the, the search, and then also uh, in our quiet, more quiet moments, the, the opportunity to reflect on who we are and where we are, we're coming from. So with that sort of impetus, uh, we did a lot of thinking and searching for ideas and um, came upon this this concept of portraying each participant, each individual, 
in their own um, journey and 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 hunt for their ancestors. Uh, and then uh, from there, we did some development, and and now it's uh, it's airing. It, it's fascinating that you guys took on ancestors first, which was really the research process, and. Um, and now taking that step back and going back to the people that all that research applies to, how has it been working with everyday folks, people who don't have experience in television, and using them as the folks that you're profiling? It's It's been wonderful, in a word, uh, and also, of course, challenging. And I should also say, too, just as a side note to follow up what I said before, one of the main reasons we did decide to go more in this direction of focusing on the individual through the Generations Project, as opposed to more best practices in the research process from ancestors, was because as we, you know, as as uh, the world has evolved, the world of genealogy has evolved. We realize more and more and more the actual best practices and information are 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 so readily available online now, blogs and official websites, and there's so much instruction that's at a fingertip, literally out there available that we thought, well, that's probably not the best use of television media since we now have the online media available. So we decided, well, you know, what what is the the best use of television media? And, and that's more to portray a story, to uh, sort of engulf the viewer in the uh, emotional journey of viewer. Uh, and by so doing, we could capture the imagination and the uh, enthusiasm of the viewer. And then hopefully the end result is that these stories, these adventures, inspire the viewer to then go off and do their own research for themselves and learn how to do these things through the online uh, resources that are available. And so back to your original question, to work with these individuals has been exciting and challenging because when we do search for individuals to be on the show, uh, we, we we try to find people that are in what we're what we call the the sweet spot, which is they have um, a, a deep desire to learn about their family history, and uh, for a very compelling reason um, that's beyond even we're we're searching for individuals who are beyond just the um, sort of typical curiosity, uh, which is wonderful. But we want somebody who has more of a pressing issue right now in their life that a journey into their family history and genealogy would significantly help them find answers and clues about these questions that they have that right now in their life that would be relevant and pertinent right now. So we find those individuals that have this need and a desire to look into their family history, but who know very little, just enough to make them curious, and also know very little about actual genealogical work, how to, how to do it, how to go about the research process. We want them in that sweet spot so that it all the, the, the wonder of the whole process and the discoveries that, that, that they find on the journey can be, of course, a little bit more dramatic on air and more genuine and appreciated. And uh, it's just more engaging to watch somebody more of a novice-level person just be blown away by the process and also the the information that they, that they find. You bet. Yeah, in finding individuals in that that sweet spot, it's it's been wonderful um, just to watch the that process of discovery and the you know sort of at moments sort of earth shattering discoveries that they make. 
I think you make such a great point. You've cu- touched on a couple things I wanted to talk with you about, and and one is that it seems like television. It's it's real strength is the storytelling, and that's what's captivated me about Generations Project, even over Ancestors, because as you say, so many of us online are providing the the technical knowledge, you know, the how to knowledge, but there's nothing like seeing it unfold right before somebody's eyes and just the amazement that goes on with that. But I can imagine that somebody who has never worked in television before isn't used to being on camera. Um, I'm guessing there might be some challenges. You know, you're looking for those sound bites. You know, you want to concisely get the the information and the and the um, experience across. How has that been as a producer? Oh, um, again, a wonderful challenge. But yeah, you're absolutely right. We we've had to do we try to do as much uh, preparation for the individual as possible to let them know sort of what they're walking into in terms of the journey itself, but then particularly having cameras because ultimately it is their journey, but it's our TV show. Yeah. (laughs) To get a TV show out of it. And so one of the things we actually look for in the casting process to help mitigate some of the issues we might have out in the field uh, is that we look for individuals who are able to articulate themselves and be expressive, be open to, to new people and new situations and and be, have you know that ability to express themselves out loud outside of their heads. <laughs> mhm. Exactly. Um, which can be a, a definite challenge. Which which no matter how good of a casting process we go through, it still can be so overwhelming for these individuals when we put them in certain situations where we know or expect at least that the information they will get when they walk into the situation uh, will be overwhelming and they will literally be speechless you know how do you react to some of these sort of earth-shattering revelations about their family history and and we live with that you know that's that's okay ah fighting against yourself looking for the speechless moment and then hoping to get some speech out of it (laughs) exactly um and and beyond that i mean in terms of production demands it, it's very eye-opening for most of the people as well. And we again, we try to prepare them as much as possible for there's some grueling hours involved. We try to be as protective as possible of their energy levels. But to, to um, sort of keep the thrill of the adventure alive and to kind of keep the momentum of the journey alive, we do have some grueling um, production hours uh, where you know, we start out, we're on a flight at 6 a.m. and we arrive at a location wherever the story leads us. And within an hour or two, they are in the living room of a long-lost ancestor, or <laughs> they're in a the deep in the bowels of a of a, res, of a library facility in their vault, and having some pretty technical information about you know national history or so on explained to them by you know one of the best experts in the field, and so it can be very overwhelming both physically and intellectually and emotionally. And, of course, we, we try to capture all of that without, we're not trying to abuse anybody, but that's, <laughs> that's kind of how we have to do it. Sounds a bit like the amazing race of genealogy. Exactly. <laughs> the, the one the extra component to it where we um, uh, sort of try to help mitigate the overwhelmingness of the field experience of the journey is that once we're all done with that, we bring them uh, we, excuse me, we bring all the footage home, we edit it together, 
and then invite the the guests to come back, uh, come into our studios, and that's where they sit down with the host, Lisa Sims, where they've had about, it's typically about a month and a half to two months between the, the, the journey and the studio conversation, and that's where we allow them to watch and sort of relive the moments from the journey, watch it together with Lisa, and then Lisa asks them the questions that, in a sense, we're all dying to hear the answers to, and, the, and that the, hopefully the participant has had time to let the journey sink in and really delve into the deeper questions of what does this all mean, and why is it important to you, and how has it changed you, and that's where we get sort of the, the deeper, richer content out of them, which is really the, the point of this whole show, that, that comes out in the studio conversation about why do we do this? You know, what, what is this search for ancestors about uh, for, for us? Uh, so we try to help them kind of find, not closure, but uh, piece it all together in their minds and hearts by bringing them into the studio to help them articulate that. Well, that's certainly a question that all of us as genealogists have had to answer to the non-genealogists in our lives, haven't we? Just that idea of why are you doing this? Why are you so passionate? And um, and then trying to, like you say, formulate those concepts of what has this meant to me? How has it changed my life? Now, people who are listening to this are thinking, oh, I would love to be part of that. So tell us, how do you go about finding the folks that you profile? We do have a website. Uh, currently, right now, it's it's byub.org forward slash the Generations Project, and on that the 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 homepage for that website, uh, there's a there's a tab where people can uh, click that takes them to an application page, and so they can fill out this application where it asks questions about who they are, what their background is like, and some of these specific questions about why would you want to go on this journey, what difference would it make. How much do you know? How much do you not know about your ancestors? That gets submitted um, online, and then we have two casting producers who uh, filter through those. We get uh, we're up to uh, around a hundred a week now. Wow. They filter through those and then sort of make their assessments. They'll call people back to get clarifications on some of the answers and the questions, so that we make sure that we really we don't want to lose the the great sort of needles in the haystack. And so they, they do follow up and they present their sort of best choices for the week to uh, the committee of producers. And we sort of think them through. And we, it's, they're, they're wonderful sessions because we get to talk about all these dis- different individuals once a week and sort of weigh the potential story quality and, and who they are and what their personality that they would bring to the table. And, and we really do, at the end of those meetings, really focus on the big question of, what valuable difference would it make in this person's life if we were to take them on this journey? And then from there, we typically always have a good list of about 10 additional research questions that we give back to the casting producers to call the individuals back on to get deeper, more specific answers to. We also hand over about uh, 10 research questions to our research team just to do a quick preliminary search into their story and the potential that we would find there. Uh, And then after that, we regroup once a week with those past individuals and see how we've progressed, and then from there sort of narrow narrow them down and narrow them down to the list of uh, 13 individuals for each season. And then, of course, we're always planning ahead for, for the next. 
I've noticed at the end of the episodes currently running that it says you're looking for folks. So we will definitely have a link to the website in the show notes for this podcast episode. So let's, let's dig into a little bit more about just the process of putting this all together. Um, you said you do some preliminary research before, you know, you technically invite them. Um, how much time is spent on research prior to production, prior to going in the field and taking them through the journey? You know, I, I, I had a feeling you would ask me that. And, <laughs> and in fact, my, you know, my, my uh, superiors are all, you know, I always have to answer for, you know, the, how, the use of resources. And I haven't really narrowed it down to, um, in, in a sense, like man hours per episode. But mm-hmm. to give a sense of it, typically we, we research um, for about four to five months, actually, uh, in advance of each episode with a team of, a, of around 20 individuals. It fluctuates the time, but 20 individuals. That includes genealogists and historians and archivists who all take different aspects of each story um, and there's also included in that are the uh, production uh, researchers who are the ones that search out you know the locations and find the individuals who can speak on camera about the different aspects of the person's genealogy so they're doing that on several episodes but over about a five-month period and then we bring the episode all together so in terms of man hours I, I wish you know eventually I will I should have an answer for that but uh, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. And and you answered the other question I was going to follow up with, which is how many researchers, how many people are involved in that process? You said it could be up to 20. And certainly you have this whole other side of it. You've got the research side going, but you've got that pre-production, um, searching out your locations, lining up your, your people who are going to be talking with them. So there's just so much that's going into what looks like this seamless flowing process that we get to watch on the show. But I think that's why you do such a wonderful job telling the story, because you kind of take all the logistics out of it for us and just let us experience the story with them, which I think is really wonderful. Well, thanks. And we do, we do try to do that. And and of course, yeah. To again, to give further perspective, of course, like as in any searching process, what we do eventually see on uh, on TV in the finished product, uh, hopefully it is it does look seamless, uh, like you said. Uh, but it to get there, of course, we've gone through just innumerable amount of possible potential experts, potential locations, potential stories. So it's it's this those five months of research. A lot of it is involved in. The, the narrowing it down and whittling it down. And of course we have to, you know, say no to stories or opportunities or locations that just, you know, it's the choice between two goods and it can be yeah. so devastating. You just in that narrowing process, but uh, so much is found up front and we hopefully uh, plan to provide some sort of way as we, we, we do have a new website coming. We can talk about that later, but we do hope to provide a more of a behind the scenes sort of uh, look into the research process from our experience so that hopefully it can help out in the genealogical community for those who are curious or also that for those who would like to sort of participate in a community dialogue about about our research process uh, getting feed giving us feedback but then also saying oh I had never thought about going there and there and and so on so we hope that it will be able to sort of that research process will will not just end 
here in the office once the show is produced, but we can, we can give it a larger life because I do think that it could have a lot of value for other members of the genealogical community. Kendall great. Oh, we had so much fun talking on the phone. Loved hearing the behind the scenes on the show. And in fact, um, this is just a portion of the interview because we just talked for such a long time, but we just had a wonderful time. And he had so many um, exciting things in mind for upcoming seasons of the Generations Project. I hope that you've enjoyed this portion of the interview here on the Genealogy Gems podcast. You premium members, you're in for a treat because I'm going to have the second part of my interview with Kendall Wilcox. And he's going to be giving his tips. You know, they do so much intensive research for the show, and they've learned a lot of things along the way. And in the next premium episode, Kendall's going to be sharing his tips that they use to um, get the most effective research done for the Generations Project. And of course, I'm going to turn the tables on him. As you may know, in the series, the host often looks at the at the subject, you know, the person that they've been researching their family and says, you know, how has this changed you? Well, I turned the tables on Kendall and asked him, how has doing the Generations Project changed him? And he has some great thoughts on that as well. And finally, in that second portion of the interview, he talks about what's coming up next. You are going to get a sneak preview right here, premium members, on what is coming up in the next season of the Generations Project. And let me tell you, they're taking it to a whole new level. There's going to be a lot of exciting things coming along. So you'll hear some of the specifics in the next premium episode. I love bringing these genealogical gems to you that help boost your research and build a strong family tree. And it's important to me to always have free podcasts available so that everyone can participate. If you enjoy these free shows and you would like to help me cover the costs of bringing them to you each week, there's a really easy way to do that that won't cost you a thing. By coming to my website at genealogygems.tv whenever you need to do some shopping online and accessing your favorite stores and websites through the links that you find on my site, you financially support the show. The price you pay is exactly the same, but Genealogy Gems receives a small percentage for referring you. It's just that simple. Amazon is one of my all-time favorite places to shop online. They have just about everything and at incredibly competitive prices. So next time you're looking for books, DVDs, software, electronics, apparel, pretty much anything at all, head to genealogygems.tv and click the Amazon ad that you find on the homepage or throughout the website. And these free podcasts will benefit by any shopping that you do. And you will get the same super low prices. Everybody wins. So if you enjoyed the Genealogy Gems podcast and the Family History Genealogy Made Easy podcast, let your mouse do the shopping through the ads and links on the Genealogy Gems website. And together, we'll keep new episodes coming for a long time to come.
oh my gosh, where'd the time go? That's it. It's episode 86 wrapping up here on the Genealogy Gems podcast. My thanks to Kendall Wilcox of the Generations Project. Thanks so much for taking time out, friend, to share with us about your series. Some exciting things coming up in season two. We're all looking forward to it. And um, just to let you know quickly, premium members, episode number 43 is up and available currently. That features part two of my conversation with Lisa Kudrow and Dan Bukatinsky. They are the producers of Who Do You Think You Are? And uh, it's the second portion of their kind of question and answer session. So um, you'll definitely want to tune into that. That's premium episode number 43. And also want to let you guys know, I'm very excited to say that here at Genealogy Gems, we're going to be offering some really cool webinars coming up in the near future. And to get us started to do kind of our beta test, we are inviting premium members as a bonus for being premium members, kind of a a surprise bonus. We are going to be offering a webinar on getting the scoop from old newspapers. That is coming up on Wednesday, April 21st. It's going to be at 4 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's a one-hour webinar. It's going to be live online. We're going to be covering everything you need to know to get to get going and find those genealogy gems in old newspapers for your ancestors. Now, because this is a beta test, we're going to be trying out the system and getting it working. So, let me tell you, you're not going to find a deal like this anywhere else. This beta is a buck. That's it. It's $1. <laughs> it's a buck. And the reason for that is we are testing out the whole payment system and the and the emails and the confirmations and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, what better deal are you going to get? Premium members, if you want to sit in on that Getting the Scoop from Old Newspapers live webinar where you're going to be able to ask questions and I'm going to give you all kinds of terrific websites... Keep an eye out in the e-newsletter. It's going to be going out this week. This is the week of April 5th of 2010. In the newsletter, the Genealogy Gem newsletter is going to be a link with an invite for that beta webinar that's for a buck. And seating is limited. Actually, there is a, a limit restriction with the service that we use. So if you're interested, sign up immediately, because I think there'll be a big demand. But I'm really excited to be offering this. It's a really fun webinar. And I am so excited about the fact that we are going to be offering many more in the future. So stay tuned. Keep an eye on your newsletter. You'll be hearing more about that coming up real soon. And finally, don't forget Generations Maps. We had Janet Havorka on the show in our last episode, which was number 85. That coupon code, the promo code for 20% off Family History Charts is available, and it's good through April 30th of 2010. So if you have been thinking about getting a family history chart or pedigree chart, something up on your wall, something beautiful and inspiring for your family, that coupon code is still out there. 20% off, head to episode number 85. You'll find it there in the show notes. It's good through April 30th of 2010. Well, that's it for me. I hope you have a wonderful week. Best wishes in finding some wonderful genealogy gems for your family history research. Thanks so much for listening, friend. I'll talk to you soon. 